The Tom Woods Show, episode 1491. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Hey, everybody, tell me if this sounds like you. You're debating health care with your interventionist friends, and you just can't seem to hold your own. They immediately claim the moral high ground, and you just don't know how to respond. Well, check out my free ebook, Your Facebook Friends Are Wrong About Healthcare, and you will be shocked. Yes, even you, a veteran libertarian, will be shocked at just how solid the libertarian position is. Pick it up for free at yourfriendsarewrong.com. Hey, everybody, Tom Woods here. What a great episode I've got today. I'm with Phil Labonte, who is the vocalist for the band All That Remains, which has been around for quite a while, over two decades, as a matter of fact. We're going to be talking about that as well as his libertarianism and how he arrived there and a bunch of other interesting topics. He's a great guy to follow on Twitter. We'll mention that in a minute. I I sometimes just sit him reading his Twitter feed and Michael Malice's Twitter feed. Just make me happy. So you'll want to follow him on Twitter. Anyway, enough of this. Let's bring Phil on. Phil, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I am doing great. I couldn't be happier talking to you. I had somebody suggest that I I have you on, and then I went over and found you on Twitter, and I thought, I said, hey, holy cow, I'm actually already following this guy on Twitter. And then I looked even closer (laughs) and I said, holy cow, this guy's following me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Yeah, we met. We met uh, back in 2012 at the, uh, I think the Free State Project was putting on uh, something in New Hampshire, and and me and and, uh, a friend of mine had gone and, and... We met, and I still got the picture somewhere on one of my older computers, too. But see, in those days, I wasn't as cool as I am now. Okay, now I get the significance of talking to you. I I get it. Now, better late than never. Sure, sure. So I thought, yeah, this is definite. Also, because I looked at your Twitter feed, and man, you're not coy about what you believe. It's not like every 12th tweet, there's a slight hint that maybe you've got libertarian sympathies. Man. (laughs) No, no, there, there's, there's definitely, uh, there's people at, at labels that I've worked with that have been frustrated by my politics to be, to be honest with you. So, well, I definitely want to get into that in a minute, but I, w- I want to urge people who are on Twitter to follow you at Phil that remains, uh, Phil, your first name, P H I L Phil that remains. Uh, but before, before we get into that, for people who don't know, give me an overview of the band, uh, the, the history, the kind of music you play. Uh, well, we're, we're a metal, a heavy metal band. We cover a lot of genres of metal, you know, stuff from really, really aggressive underground style metal to, you know, your your 80s style pop ballads, you know, metal ballads that you'd, you'd hear in the in the on the radio or whatever. Um, we've been around since 1998 is when I started the band. You know, we've got nine records out now. We're about to embark on a on a U.S. tour starting in New York on Sunday, I think it is. It starts on the 15th and then, you know, goes for a month. You know, we've been we've been touring on this record for just about a year and been to Europe, just got back from Australia and Alaska and Hawaii because, you know, when you go over and do do that side of the world, you do as much as you can at once because it's a long way. <laughs> but yeah, I, lyrically, I, I tend to cover, there's some stuff that's heavily political, but if you're not listening closely, you might not pick up the libertarian influence. And then there's stuff that is reflective of like relationships and stuff, because that's the kind of thing that, that I think really makes a song speak to most people. I think if you're writing about experiences you've had 
that are about feelings, then you're writing a song that's timeless. If you're writing about events or things that have happened, then a, a song can easily become dated. And I'm actually paraphrasing that from someone else. I think I, it might have been Dave Mustaine who originally said it, but writing about feelings is timeless. Writing about events is is dated. So I try to write about things that everyone can can relate to such as, uh, you know, emotions and, and relationship experiences and, and, you know, and stuff like that. Tell me again how long the band's been around. We got started in 1998. Our first record came out in, uh, we actually wrote the record between 99 and 2000 is when we recorded it. And then we shopped it around and it was released in 2002. And we were having, we had issues getting the right members. I was always kind of a very... Uh, proactive kind of dude when there was something that I really wanted. And so I think that there was a lot of people that, that have been in the band that weren't really the right guy, but it was the right or yeah, the right guy, but the right guy for right now, because they could fill the role. And so we did a lot of member changes and, and trying to find the right person and, and the right musician and stuff and, and saying, well, we'll get someone just for now. And, uh, you know, when the right guy comes along, we'll go ahead and just you know, get them. So it took us a little while to find our sound. So our first two records aren't quite what we were thinking of the band to be from the beginning. But then by the third record we'd gotten, the musicians rounded out the way that we needed them to be. And and that really is when we kind of got our, uh, got our, our sound the way that we thought that it should be. Uh, what's it like being in a, let's say a subgenre that's I mean, metal itself is mainstream-ish, but mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who who don't like it. But but you're kind of maybe I don't know. Would you say you're in a subgenre of metal? I think that we we live in a couple worlds, to be honest with you, because the fact that we have songs that the radio will play is rare for a band that also has songs that are as heavy as ours. So our most recent record, uh, "Victim of the New Disease," there's a song that's going to be coming out you know, that'll get on the radio. And there, there was a song that was played on the radio in in the early part of this year, but there's another song on the record called, uh, F love. And it's not F love, but you know, I'm not going to swear on your show. I know the uh, song. <laughs> and, and, and that is, that is by no means anything that radio would ever play. So no. <laughs> for, for, for us, we live kind of in, in two worlds and, and there are the more purists on the metal side, you know, like to give us crap for it. And, and, say that we're not true metal and and I don't really care. And then there's people that like the more, you know, the rock stuff and the softer stuff. Uh, I mean, we covered the Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks on our last record and, you know, we'll show up at shows and there's people down front and I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at before we go on and I'm like, they're here to hear what if I was nothing and the thunder rolls and we're going to go out and we're going to open the set with F love. And they're going to be like, what the hell is going on? What just happened? You know, so, <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's because we don't let people tell us what we have to sound like. There's, there's always pressure from, from all kinds of different areas saying that you should do this and you should do that and you have to do this and you have to do that. And I think that this is probably why I'm for a similar reason that I'm a libertarian. I'm the kind of guy that says, no, I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I like. And that 
you know, fits in with my politics. And it, it's also how I am as an artist. Uh, that I just love hearing this stuff. I want to tell you about a couple of uh, one band and one musician uh, that I like. You may not know. Um, I, sometimes for me, the more obscure, the better, because that's where you find you can really find some yeah. real gems. But um, one of them I've had on the show, and that's the lead singer of Marillion, Steve Hogarth. And I asked okay. him, I said, now, you guys have sold 15 million albums, which is, you know, a, very respectable for that's a non-mainstream huge. band, right? I mean, it's some, you know, huge. Right? Uh, and but you know, it's not Lady Gaga, and most of these albums were sold in the '80s, and they're still on the road. And so I said, "Does it bother you that you? I mean, this guy pours his heart out. I'm sure you know what that's like. Night after night, does it bother you that most people want to listen to meaningless pap, and you've got this really, really amazing musicianship, whatever?" And he said, "You know, I used to let it bother me." But then I realized, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And secondly, what I like about it is it means that my band is creatively free. I don't have a label breathing down my neck telling me what my songs have to sound like. You know, yep. Whereas I bet these other people are really handcuffed in what they can release. And then the other person I want to mention, formerly of a band called Porcupine Tree, is Stephen Wilson. Now, mm-hmm. this is a guy who's done very, very well in a solo career. But every album he puts out sounds different from the previous one. And it confounds his fans a bit. But his his argument is, I don't want to repeat myself musically. I, I don't want to get bored with my own music. And on his last album, he had a, just a flat-out pop song, obviously inspired by ABBA. We're all horrified by this. And he's standing there on stage lecturing us. He's saying, look, people, you should not be musical snobs. Popular music is loved all around the world. So I wrote one <laughs> pop song, and doggone it, you're going to stand up and dance to it. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's great. And I... And I I agree with him. Like that's one of the things that like for, for me, from the metal community, there's, there's a lot of people in the metal community that are, that are as much as you'd think people in the metal community want to be different. They want to be different from the mainstream, but they want to be all the same as each other. And it's yeah. like, well, isn't that kind of missing the point of being different? Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Cause there, I, I don't want to mention names, but there are certainly some bands that unless you're a really hardcore fan, they're borderline indistinguishable. Yeah, you know, I, I, I understand. Or they're bands like you have one album, you have all of them. Exactly, and that's something that 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 I've never ever wanted all that remains to do. Uh, like yeah, I, it's amazing very- how different some. I mean, you mentioned what if I was nothing. I checked that recently on YouTube. That thing's got 68 million views. That's a monster. That's that's a it's a big deal to us, and it, it's a it's a really special song to me. Uh, you know, I mean, it was. It was about my wife at the time and, and, you know, it really, really meant something to me and have people come up to me and say that that song means something to me, you know, have, have people come up to me and say, this is a song that we, we put at our, you know, at our wedding, you know, we, we use this for, for our first dance or, or whatever. That's, that's a huge, huge deal to me. So, uh, it's, it's for that to be our biggest song, you know, it's like, I, I I'm kind of like, wow, you know, what, what else do I do? What do I do next? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, that's a that's a tough act to follow. All right, folks, I hate to interrupt a conversation with the great Phil Labonte, but I know you need an update on the status of poor bad luck Ichabod. Remember bad luck Ichabod? He got laid off because he did not stand out from the other employees. He was just a drone doing the same old thing every day, whereas other people were acquiring new skills all the time at Skillshare that made them stand out. You can think of Skillshare as being like your insurance against the pink slip. 
One membership gets you access to more than 24,000 classes in business, design, illustration, technology, photo and film, writing, and so many more areas. And once Bad Luck Ichabod finds out about it, he too will become a more attractive employee and even have a nice side business with one of the skills he picks up. Well, Tom Wood Show listeners can get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, get two months of access to over 24,000 classes for free. Join the millions of people already learning on Skillshare right now with this special offer by heading to Skillshare.com slash Woods free. That's Skillshare.com slash Woods free. Let's talk about how'd you get into libertarianism. Everybody has an interesting story. I'm sure you're no exception. Uh, you know, my dad was was a business owner, and he was in the 80s. I grew up hearing him complain about, you know, the government and stuff. And my dad died. I was pretty young. When my dad died. He was he was only 50, and I was in my early in my mid 20s. And uh, so I didn't. I wasn't super political, but. I understood where he was coming from, and I I remember talking to him about some stuff. I remember talking to him a little bit about uh, when when Bill Clinton was going to be in, you know was impeached. I remember hearing him talk about that, and I paid attention. That was when I first started paying attention to politics and stuff. And I think that's when I knew that I really didn't like the left because everybody that I knew on the left was kind, or I didn't associate myself as as being on the left because the fact that Bill Clinton lied to the grand jury was the part that was important to me. You know, I was like, I didn't care about the, the, the sexual act and stuff. It was like, well, he lied. It was to me, I, I couldn't believe that people were saying, oh, well, you know, he just got a job, blah, blah, blah. Pardon my French. If that's too much for your show. Um, I, I, I couldn't, it bothered the crap out of me that people were saying that I was like, that's not the point. The point is he lied. And if you lied out to a grand jury, you'd go to jail. And, and, and the fact that that he see it seemed like people were willing to make excuses and treat him as above the law bothered me. Um, so I think that was kind of when I realized, okay, I don't like the, the, the leftists. I don't like the, the, the entrenched Democrats and stuff. And so I think, so I thought I was a Republican and, you know, I've heard you explain, you know, your, your progression and stuff. And, and mine was similar. I thought I was a Republican. I thought I was a conservative and, and, the social stuff never bothered me. I didn't care about how people wanted to live their life. The only thing I cared about was, you know, leaving people alone. And then, so for a lot of the 2000s, I kind of, or the beginning of the 2000s, uh, especially after 9-11 and, you know, it being that, you know, right around that time now, you know, like right after that, I was like, all right, I, I, I think that this is really where I am as a, in my politics for a couple of years. And then George Bush started talking about going into Iraq and, and I was like, well, I mean, I guess, I guess the UN. It makes sense if you're if you're going by what the UN says, but we're not the UN. We're you know we're a country, and so I don't know why really why we're going into Iraq, and you know they, they didn't do anything, and you know I'm sure Saddam Hussein's a bad guy, but should we be doing it? And so by the time you know Ron Paul was running in 2008, I was like, that's my guy. And so I heard Ron Paul, and I heard heard him him speaking, and I was like, that makes sense to me. You know, not going to war makes sense to me. And I couldn't believe that the, that everyone around me wasn't like, yes, not going to war makes sense, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I was introduced to, uh, you know, actually my ex-wife introduced me to you as well. Uh, she gave me a, a big CD that had a bunch of uh, a bunch of your stuff. It might have even been an iPod that, ju that just had a bunch of stuff 
that you'd done. Anyways, and and then you introduced me to like Lysander Spooner and and I think I then I started finding out about people like Matt Kibbe and and other libertarians and Reason magazine and stuff like that. And so I guess I've been a libertarian for for probably 15 years and have known that I'm a libertarian for 10 or 11 now, I guess. Okay. Now, having covered that, I want to raise what might be a sore spot for you, but I hope it's something we can laugh about. Sure. There's a website you surely are aware of. Okay. Mm. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> you, you, you know which one this is, right? Yeah. Metalsucks.net. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so these you. people, like everybody, except you. <laughs> yeah. And like, they've got this vendetta against you guys. Now, recently they admitted, they said, look, their new stuff, we have to admit, this is really great. And, and we, you know, we can overlook his politics, which are garbage. Um, so it's like there's one guy with a dissident voice. And this is just typical of the left. If there's one dissident voice, that's one too many. They can't even bring themselves to say, look, we don't agree with him, but it takes guts to be like the only guy practically in the industry saying what he's saying. I mean, at least we respect him for that. They can't even say that. No, well, they're communists. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly for sure that they're communists, but they did. Like when Trump was elected, they 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 put out this thing that was the Metal Sucks Manifesto with the actual sickle and hammer. And it, to me, the sickle and hammer is no different than the Nazi. Of course, swag. right. It's it's just as it, it's it's caused just as much death. So okay, the communists aren't racist. So so I guess I guess they've got one up on the Nazis, but just barely because the results are e- even more horrific. You know, or as horrific, you know, they've they've killed millions and millions and millions of people and they they proudly fly that. So if I'm hated by people that proudly fly a flag that was that was flown over the, you know, death and murder of a hundred million people, if people that fly that flag hate me right on, brother, right on. I'm okay with that. I'm totally cool with that. So. Well, uh, are there other what would it be the main source then for metal news? Is it that website? Uh well, I mean they're pretty influential. There's I I would go with Revolver. Uh Revolver is uh they're a far more serious non-clickbaity website. I've got a a couple friends there that are that are really genuine and good people that I'm sure I differ politically with, but they're, you know, it's not they're not a clickbait site the way that that a lot of the other sites are. So I, w- I would say Revolver. I think uh, who else is good? Lambgo isn't too, too bad. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of them. Well, do do really- the other band members get annoyed that like you're causing them all this unnecessary grief? No, nah, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we're all different people with different opinions. And, and so and they know that I, I don't get like you don't see this stuff on all that remains page. It's always on Phil Labonte's page. You wouldn't see me posting anything political on the All That Remains page. Yeah, so anything sure. That's, anything that's All That Remains, you know, specific it, it, or, you know, related to the band, then, you know, that 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 stays apolitical and stuff. The problem, I mean, the problem is I'm, you know, I think I'm the guy that started All That Remains and, and I've been, I'm the only remaining original member. So people kind of associate me with All That Remains. That That's going to happen. But you know, I, I don't speak for the band and anytime that it comes up in, in press or anything, I make it clear. It's like, I'm not speaking for anyone else except for me. You know, there's other people with different opinions and, and we've had multiple members throughout our history that have had different, you know, different views than I do. And and that's something that we're completely fine with. And, and I don't, 
I don't pretend to speak for anyone except for me. So I don't, I don't think that it, it's something that really drives them too nuts. It probably drove them more nuts when I was looser with my mouth and when I was drinking, I get drunk and say something stupid on the internet. <laughs> so that, that was probably, they probably, Greg feels drunk on the internet again, you know, and, and it's been years since I drank. So I think that it's probably not a thing anymore. Okay, fair enough. So now at the same time, given the nature of the kind of band you are, when you go on tour, you tend to tour with three, four other bands. Mm-hmm. Do these issues ever come up when you guys are chit-chatting or is it just music or shooting the breeze or whatever? Usually it doesn't come up. And if it does, it's usually, man, I totally agree with you, but you know, I can't say this or I can't oh, say that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. A lot of, a lot of times, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, stuff like second amendment stuff or whatever, or, or gun rights and stuff. People frequently are like, man, I totally agree, but man, you can't say that because blah, blah, blah. And, and I get it. I understand why people are like that, but if everyone's like that, that's how you lose your rights. Yeah. And you know, Look, let's face it. Metal in general is, um, you know, it's it's tough medicine when you first start listening to it. I mean, it's, sure is. it's you know, it's you you got a guy really, really belting out loud vocals, loud guitars. And to, to hear these people be wimps politically, it's just so it, it's it's it, it's so disconcerting. It's it makes no sense. It's it's like cognitive dissonance. Like, here you are, Mr. Tough Guy on stage. Right. You know, and and, yeah. as a, you know, depending on the genre of metal, who knows what some of these people are singing about. And then it turns out they're little snowflakes when it comes to politics. <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> like you won't even stand up for gun rights. What's the what? matter with you people? One of the one of the things that I think when it comes to at least with, to vocals and stuff like that, people assume that it's anger or aggression when it comes to screaming. And I think that that the way that I like to describe it is is more it's passion. Um, it, intense passion is is what drives people that that want to s- scream and 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 stuff like that, as opposed to anger or aggression. I think that that when you relate it like that, people understand it a little better. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I get it, but even so, I mean, I think a lot of the people who go, for some of them, it's like it's a way to be edgy, like sure. uh, precisely because the mainstream doesn't always go for this kind of music. I stand out a bit, like this is yeah. my thing, this is my special thing, and yep. so so I think the audience is probably prepared for a little edginess, and instead, it's Trump is bad. Now, look, I don't care if you don't like Trump; Trump makes me crazy too, but the is everybody saying Trump is bad? You have nothing else to say to the world. Yeah, I mean, Trump is an authoritarian, and he's kind of a putz. But you know, it's not like it's not like the left is better. You know, and that's that's something that. And it's not that, like previous presidents were were all that much different. Now, is it no, true? I know. Is it true you have a gun business? Uh, I don't have a gun business. I invested in a gun shop, and uh, it has since been undergoing some. Uh, some changes. So I, I can't say that, uh, that I'm in the gun business presently, but I have, I had been an investor in a gun shop before. Yeah. So the gun issue is very important to you. Now, are you still, I know you're from Massachusetts. You're still located there? No, I live in New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, where else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I moved, uh, I moved to New Hampshire in 2011. Um, I'm, I, I live in, I grew up in Western Massachusetts and I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but there's a highway that runs from, from New Haven, Connecticut, all the way up to the Vermont 
Canada border, 91. And it's, it's basically a straight shot. So I'm about 20 minutes away from the highway and I can jump on the highway and get down to where the band rehearses, which is where I grew up in Chicopee and where my family, you know, my family's from my mom and my, my sister and my nephews are down there. I can get down there in, in, you know, an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minutes. If, if, if I run into some kind of, if I get stuck behind a, a truck with hay on it or something, but I live up in the woods in New Hampshire. I've got a, uh, I've got a nice place, 48 acres of, of mountainous woods where I can be left alone, you know, so. Wow, wow. Yeah. All, right, all right, I got to ask you then, if you know about the Free State Project, then you know about Porkfest. Yes. Have you ever gone to Porkfest? I have not. I've tried to make it a couple times, but it, it, it seems like it's consistently a situation where I've got something going on or I just got back from a tour or whatever. So that, and that happens frequently. It's, it, it's part of the reason why I, I'm, I find it difficult to be a, you know, a, an, a, an active or an activist, I guess, uh, is because I feel like I'm, I'm constantly going with the band and stuff. So trying to make stuff like Porkfest and, and stuff happen is, is a little rough. I, I planned on going this year and, and I, you know, something came up and I couldn't go. So it's tough for me, but I am familiar with it and I, I really want to go and make it. I know, I know that, that I'm pretty sure, I think Bob Murphy, your, your buddy from Contra Cruz has, has been there and, yeah. and, uh, Jeffrey Tucker has been there. And, and so there's, there's a lot of people that I really respect and would love to hear speak and meet in person. Madge Ture, uh, who does. Oh Black yeah. Matter. What a great guy. Yeah. Madge yeah, is yeah. great. Madge. And, and what he's doing in Philly is so important. If you guys, and I'm sure your your listeners know, but if you if you if you haven't gone and checked out what Madge is doing in Philly uh, with Black Guns Matter and and checked out his campaign for I think it's for city council, go check it out. You, you'll you'll love it. So yeah, I'm 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 familiar with it and 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 I'm aware of it. I just haven't been able to get there. Okay, all right. I've never been, but in 2020, I'm going to make an effort to be there for at least a day or two. So we I, should go. Yeah, I mean that would be awesome. That would really be unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, to to do that. So now I want to talk just a little bit about. Um, see, I've had a couple. I've had a couple of other bands on. Um, one guy was telling me he they left their label. Uh, the band is called Adelita's Way. They left oh, their label. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he says it's the best decision they ever made. He said that actually, it turns out we earn more from the streaming services than we thought we did. It was our label was sucking up all the money. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but if, if you don't have a label and you don't have a publicist, who's who's planning out your tour? And and it seems to me like the planning out a tour. I was just thinking about it the other day. You gotta you gotta plan it so that there's a venue in each. Like you, you gotta move from let's say west to east, and you gotta find an available venue on each date progressively into the future. I mean, yep. th- you would need a computer to do this. So well, how you, are you guys doing it? Well, uh, well, we have an agent. See, the thing is when it comes to the, nowadays, a label is really more of a promotion company than anything. And you can hire promotion companies out. You can, you can hire them out for a record cycle and be like, okay, you're going to promote the record for this record cycle. The, the concern is, and I'm not saying that this, I'm not speaking about any promotion companies in particular, but the concern is because you have a multiple record deal with a record label, they're going to work harder because they've, they've got a, a longer vested interest with the, with the band than, than just one record. Um, so that may or may not be the case, but we have a record deal, um, that I, I think we have one more record with, a with our label. And it's something that we talked about, you know, I'm not sure that record labels are, are the way for bands to go. And and there's multiple bands that I know that, that are doing that, that are just like, you know what, we don't need a record label. What, you know, if, if the big, 
you know, big artists can do it and and make the calls with the record label. Why why don't we do something like that and and maybe do some kind of imprint or or do one record where they put the record out and and they'll go ahead and promote it, but it's only one record and and they don't own it or something like that. And I, you know, I, I'm I, again, I'm not I'm not sure that that record labels are super important. I I do feel like record labels are be, are becoming more of a promotion company. And I think the reason that record labels get bands is because they can write a big check. So they can write a check for, you know, 150 grand and the band's like, well, we can do the record and we can live on that for the next year until the record gets out and we can, then we can go on tour and then we can live on the touring income and then et cetera, et cetera. And then the next record will be coming out and they'll give us another check to do the record. And so blah, blah, blah. So I I think it's, it's mostly, give and take about, uh, about where you're getting your money, how much you're getting and and how much you have to invest yourself. Um, and you know, I don't know that we're going to, I don't know that we're going to do another record, uh, with a record label. If, if we, you know, once we finish with the record label, we're on maybe, but I don't know that it's worth it to us. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, I know that there are bands out there doing it and it doesn't sound like a bad idea to me to own your, you know, to own your stuff and get paid yourself for the streaming and, and stuff, because especially a band like us, who's got 20 years of history, who's got, you know, a, an actual fan base that's real and, and that wants to hear our songs. I mean, on Spotify, we get like 1.5 million listeners a, a month or something like that, or, or something crazy. So if that were all going into our pockets, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that it's more than just tiny pennies, you know, or tiny yeah. portions of a penny, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, no kidding. Well, that that raises another question. When you guys were getting started in the late 90s, the internet was in its infancy. How has the internet made your lives easier and more difficult? Well, I'm sure that it's made our lives easier in in the, uh, you know, it made it easier for us to get our name out there. Um, like we have songs on rock band and people can download songs from rock band and play, you know, play our, our songs and learn, learn our songs in, in the game and stuff. And so that's something that you couldn't do without the internet. And so there's a lot of different ways that it, that it has, but at the same time, I mean, if, if it was, you know, if we, if we had the, the lion's share of our career before, uh, before 2000, as opposed to getting started in 2000, I'd be a millionaire. You know, because that was when everybody had to buy records if you wanted to listen to music. And, and it was one before you had the iPhone with Spotify and, and Pandora and stuff, which I'm not a fan of. I don't I don't know the solution or the answer for those things, but it's certainly not a fair situation where they can just buy one buy the song once. And then they say, well, we, we've got the song. We own it so we can just give it to whoever, you know, let whoever subscribes to our service, uh, listen to it. So, uh, you know, I'm not a guy that's, that's a fan of regulation or anything like that, or, or would advocate for the government stepping in, but it's, it's not, it's not something that's good for, for music or for musicians. So. Well, as a, as a consumer of music, I, I can just say that in the old days, I liked going out and I, I know I sound old fashioned, but I liked going out and getting the physical CD or the you know the physical thing, which is why I think I've seen some bands where they'll have a super deluxe version with the forty-eight page color booklet, where just yeah. to get people to buy the physical thing. And I used to like that because then you know I I spent money for that, 
And so I was going to get everything I could out. I was going to listen to it multiple sure. times over and over again. And now I feel like I've got Google Play Music. I'm not complaining, but I'm so lost in a sea of music that I'm not appreciating it as much anymore. I'm not getting a million listens of it in to really get every yeah. nuance of it. Yeah, if you look at, you know, the band Tool, they just came out with with a new record. And, you know, they've made people wait whatever, 15 or whatever years, I don't know, forever. And the actual physical package has like speakers in it. And it has a, I'm pretty sure it has a screen where you can watch the videos that they've made to go along with it, you know, and that's really, that's something really, really cool. Um, you know, and, and, but not every band, obviously not every band has the, uh, the resources to do that. Cause that's extremely capital intensive, yeah. extremely, you know, you have to, to produce something like that. It's a, it's a, a big production it, more than obviously just, printing up some CDs, which, you know, printing up CDs costs two, three bucks a CD once you're, once you get your, your production costs in line and stuff. So, but yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that I'm, hope, I, I would like to see a day where there isn't a label middleman. It'd be, it'd be kind of cool to see. Well, it, it will be interesting to see where, how things evolve on this. Now I want to ask you as we uh, wrap up here, I guess it kind of depends on where people are musically and their own tastes and their own uh, musical experiences but what's the best entry point to all that remains for somebody i mean let's say let's say we're dealing with a kind of let's give two answers here first somebody who's a kind of mainstream rock just plain old rock music listener would be the easiest way to ease them in and then suppose you have um you know a really experienced uh, metal listener what would be the entry point for them if you're a person that's into into metal, uh, I'd probably recommend going with the record that came out in 2006 called "The Fall of Ideals." It's heavy, and it's it's you know it's really really hooky. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of really cool really cool songs on it, and arguably uh, there's there's a lot of people that would say that that's our best record. If you're into rock, uh, there's a couple spots that I think might be might be good for people to come, you know, get into the band. It could be a record that came out in 2015 called the order of things. Um, if you're interested in, you know, more of a chill style, that's probably the one, if you're more interested in the like melodic vocals, that's probably the one that would, that has the most melodic vocals. Maybe, maybe the one that followed it up called madness. Uh, but I wouldn't recommend going with our most recent one victim. That's probably one that, Victim of the new, new disease would probably be something for, for the people that are into heavier stuff. So I've been um, listening to that myself, actually. Awesome. That's what yeah. I like to hear, Tom. Get, let's get Tom into metal. Hashtag yeah, Tom I, loves I, metal. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> I, I was just saying the other day, I don't think my listeners know me as well as they think they do because I, I I kind of come across as this kind of squarey guy. Because, for example, like I do bleep bad words on the show, but that's primarily yeah. because if a mom and dad are driving around with their kids, I don't want them to have to explain, you know, what a what a word means. You know, I, I want that to happen organically <laughs> on its own. I don't want the Tom Wood show to artificially, you know, move that up. But, um, but I think I'm interested in things that a lot of folks would be surprised at. So for example, I watched the Dave Chappelle special and I thought it was funny. And I it's, think some of my great. listeners would be appalled at that. <laughs> so, well, I surprise people. I kind of think that's good though. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I keep people on their toes. And I'm always, you know, I like to be exposed to new things and I, I don't want to be the same guy I was in, you know, 2003 or something. I, I want to yeah. be, I want to, I want to be exposed to more and more things. So you're that's going great. on tour and I want to, I want people to be, to check out the date. So what's your, what's your website? All that remains online.com. Okay. And that's where, that's where all of our, uh, 
our tour dates are. You can you can you know all the remains online.com slash tour if you want to just type it in and go straight for the tour dates. Uh I do post the tour dates and stuff like that pretty regularly on my socials and I'm I'm at Phil that remains everywhere. So Instagram, if I if I've got a if I've got a a you know a, a, an account on that particular social media site, then it'll be at Phil that remains unless someone snakes it from me. Okay. Got it. Got it. So I'm going to link to this stuff at the show notes page, tomwoods.com slash 1491, which I hope people will go check out. And um, although we did meet back in 2012, obviously at this opportunity, we had to really get to know each other. I've really enjoyed it. And I hope you do make it to Pork Fest because that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'd be great to see you there. All right. Thanks again. Thank you, Tom. All right, folks, that's it for today. Now, tomorrow, it is the kind of episode you're always waiting for, and that is the debate analysis episode with Lou Rockwell. We will both be watching the Democratic presidential debate tonight, and we'll be giving you our commentary tomorrow, Friday the 13th, 2019. So thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. See you then. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at podsworth.com.